Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. You would think after 10 years we'd have this figured out by now, right? I mean, so, yes, you you would think that. Yes. Okay. So officially, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And this is the first, uh, our first broadcast uh, of this show in 2023. It is, I believe, the first broadcast in 1080 HD for this Ooh. program. So that's going to, uh, so that's going to, do some things. Um, However, that really does get to reinforce the fact that we have faces for radio. So <laughs> maybe. All right, Mimi Cass says Tim has extra deep voice tonight. Well, Tim, Tim I, is, I'm is fighting a sinus infection, cold. guys, and and so that's not particularly surprising to me. So woohoo! Got to be sick for the holidays. It was great. But you're doing better. Lots of orange juice, lots of hot. I juice. am I am a lot better than I was. So um, the good news is is that I didn't, you know, my my job was closed for the holidays. So I didn't have it didn't get in the way of work. I got I was able to take time and rest and not do a whole lot, uh, which I don't do enough anyway. So that was nice actually. Yeah. But I wish it hadn't fallen on the holidays. I didn't get to see my family the way we'd planned, but it happens. I mean people get sick. It it's, happens. Things happen. Yeah. So anyway, what we thought we'd do, uh, since we kind of fly by the seat of our pants on some of this stuff, the, the reason why, let me, let me start some with, the stuff. reason why we've moved to Tuesday nights. Um, Monday is Mrs. Boss's day in the office for work. <coughs> Excuse me. And the goal is to have both of us, me and Mr. Harvey, back in the studio you can't see it but we've got the we've got because i've re rearranged we've rearranged some stuff in the in the in the studio here so the idea is to get into our space again which means mindy will be here pushing our buttons you know she pushes my buttons all the time but this is the 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 buttons on the computer and in order to do that, we kind of need to get off of Monday because at work all day and then, you know, we get to nine o'clock and it's pumpkin hour right. and she's done. So we've moved to Tuesday to make it easier on her schedule. Right. And we're coming up an, an hour earlier so we don't hit we don't hit pumpkin time, which means also that Ranker Pit has moved. <laughs> so we're shuffling stuff around. So Ranker Pit will now be on Thursdays. And and we'll post all of this stuff over on social media. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up of how things are shuffling around over here. Because, you know, YouTube being YouTube, sometimes you get notifications and sometimes you don't. <clears throat> and so uh, we want to make sure that everybody knows what the schedule is. So there's there's that. Uh, anyway, okay, so it is 2023, it is uh, the beginning of a new year, and we're going to go a little bit out on a limb and make some predictions for 2023. There's some stuff coming up this year, 
uh, in terms of movies and television shows and different projects and some different things that are happening. And so I thought we'd we'd put on our pro- prognostication hats, <clears throat> our our Karnak the Magnificent hats, and kind of kind of look forward to what we have to expect. And then at the end of the year, we can compare our predictions with how well they turned out and i don't know maybe take the act on the road um, <laughs> monetize the you know i mean there's there's a, a a thriving uh industry of people who are not actually psychic claiming they're psychic and selling we, books and we having tv that. shows i mean we could possibly rake in a lot of money we could make a killing um, well yeah not literally of course uh, and Death Angel says, try to avoid killing people. Death Angel says, Gee, and I thought it was because H2O Tuesdays rhymed. <clears throat> H2O Tuesday. H2, H, well, H2O Tuesday. Yeah, 2 Tuesday. Sure. <coughs> I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you. I got it. I got it. Uh, by the way, I, wanna, I want to uh, call out, because uh, I think Death Angels has, has posted in the chat the link to our Discord server. We finally got mm-hmm. that thing put together, and it's up and running. So you can join us over there. And, of course, uh, if you want to send us an email, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. That's what it's been for a while. And we do read every note. We read all the comments and all the emails and whatnot. So if you have topics you'd like to suggest, uh, feel free to share those with us. And here we go. What's going to happen in 2023? Cocaine Bear is going to win the Oscar. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I think I saw something, and I don't know if it was a joke, but uh, I think I saw something about um, them having to change that title. Did you see anything about that? I, I wasn't sure. I, I did sure. not. It what might, did you, have, what, do, might have been a gag. What it was about? It might have been a gag. I can't remember, but it was... Um, it You've seen the trailer, was. have you? I, I've seen the trailer, yes. Okay. And I don't know what it was. And now I can't even remember what they were saying they were going to change it to. But I, I seem to recall a polar bear in the in the poster. So it's prob- it was probably a gag. Probably. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I figure this year we'll get an announcement, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Cocaine Bear 2. I'm, well, I'm when, still you, when you consider how many things have just gone from in, into the uh, public domain, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. last Sherlock Holmes story. Remember, remember when? Remember when Netflix? Uh, no, the yeah. part of the whole the the part of the estate sued uh, Netflix for their Enola Holmes series because right. they were like, right? You, you've got you've got Sherlock Holmes smiling, and that doesn't happen until later in the series. It's like, yeah. oh, come on, you guys. Well. It's- um, it's not just it's not just Sherlock Holmes. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, that, no, uh, there's um, and and I for this is this is one of those things where I'm going to say this is a for good and for ill because there's a lot of amazing music which has just become public domain, um, which means you could potentially get some really clever solid remakes which i'm not a huge i mean look music's going to get remade Mm -hmm. tv shows books are going to get adapted this is just how it is but some of this stuff is really amazing and and an incredibly beautiful you know storytelling and metropolis is now in the public domain and part of me is like oh god someone's going to remake it and it's going to be terrible and and part of me is like but there could be some author out there who sees a way to make that world bigger. And so, you know, it's... Mm. 
I've got mixed feelings about this, but See, it's, it's the nature of it's the nature of the world. It's how this all works. I can't but, think of anyone currently who's got the chops to make a new metropolis. Um. So the the thing is, is that maybe John Favreau. Um. See, I wouldn't necessarily even think Favreau. Um, I, I, although I think he's definitely got a handle on the superhero genre, and and you know he's got the he's got he's a, he's a huge genre fan. Yeah. Um, his stuff is not necessarily known, and this is not this is not a knock on him. This is going to sound like a knock on him. His stuff is not necessarily known for being particularly cerebral, and well, that. and that's not a slam because. Yeah. Well, he makes a there's certain a, type of movie, and right. and, and there's nothing wrong with nothing Metropolis whatsoever wrong with that. Type, yeah. um, but Metropolis is a very specific kind of story that he doesn't. He has not currently demonstrated um, a, a particular interest in telling those stories. Maybe he'd be fantastic at it. He certainly could be uh, Villeneuve. But Maybe. the thing is, is that I don't know that Villeneuve would want to. And and, and here's the thing: there are so many folks who who are, I think could potentially do this whether we you know the known or, or folks who we haven't met yet but the, i think for a lot of really huge genre fans why would you want to oh oh i i've got it the mm -hmm. perfect the perfect filmmakers for a metropolis remake are the guys who bought joe daworski's dune sketchbook oh god <laughs> I believe I have a sharp object. Need to gouge out my eyes. Uh, but careful, I, careful. The, the with the collapse, with as much as as the crypto uh, uh, space yeah. is just collapsing right now. Right. Um, somebody might try and make a hail mary pass to try and you know do that very thing. Right. Question in the chat: Who owns stuff like Metropolis? What if an author doesn't explicitly assign his work for inheritance? How can you claim ownership? Well, that's a funny thing. How copyright works. Basically, uh, and it's it's was it seventy five years past the death of the author. So let's say we've got my book, uh, you know, The Hero at the End of His Rope. I think I published it in 20... When did I publish that book? 2010, 2012, something like that. So the copyright applies upon the date of publication, whether you actually file for copyright or not. Once it becomes published in some way, shape, or form, then the copyright applies... And nobody else can can copy that work. You own it. It's yours. You have all of the rights to it unless you assign it to someone else or sell them or rent them out or whatever. Then when the author dies, let's say I die in 2020, 75 years pass in 2095, the copyright for the hero at the end of his rope will will go away. Now. Even if I assign that copyright to my heirs or my estate, the estate has an obligation and a responsibility to renew that copyright by refiling for the ownership of same before that 75 years runs out. That's how I understand it. 
So you don't get to maintain the copyright in perpetuity unless you file the paperwork and pay the money and do all of the do all of the legwork in order to maintain the copyright in perpetuity. But even then, I think at some point it it goes away and it goes into the public domain unless there's some kind of an effort made to to change that. And yes, Even, Death know, Angels uh, is right. You've got the Walt Disney Company to thank for how long things stay in copyright before it goes into public domain because of the Mickey Mouse law. And quite frankly, uh, there's a lot of arguments pro and con to that length being too long or too short. Um, so, yep. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, the, there are remakes that I don't think should have happened and uh <laughs> sequels that shouldn't have been made and some of that has come out of the fact that the copyright was available and i have not seen um you know uh, poo blood and honey and or or any of the or the what the the mean one or any of this stuff that yeah. you know this this um whether it's parody or, or things like that. I, I haven't seen them i can't tell you if they're in or, they, yeah, I, I've heard some. I've heard that the poo one was entertaining, and the mean one was undercooked. But I'm um, ready. I'm ready for piglet, ham-fisted mysteries. See, that could be fun. <laughs> and I think I think you know you can playing with some of this stuff can often be a lot of fun. Yeah. But I also think that there's times where it's just like you know if we have a very rich collection of various versions of Sherlock Holmes that are out there in the world mm -hmm. created by different people because of how copyright has worked. Yeah. Um, and we've had, you know, I mean, obviously King Arthur is way too, you know, that stuff was way too early for, for the copyright laws, but the thing, or as in, in most cases, um, but that stuff still, you know, the, Having new people come along and tell new versions of these stories, new takes on these characters, is not inherently a bad thing. Right. We just happen to we recognize the what times it's been a very poor idea. Well, and and the other thing too is, oh, stop it, Mrs. Boss. No, okay. So oh no, maybe, now I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I so, want to see it. That sounds because look, talk about stuff in in copyright. Um, I'm a huge fan of the of the the film The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I think it's one of the finest films ever made. Yeah. It's incredibly influential on on cinema. So much of what if without the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, some other film would have come along and played in the same space. But it had such an incredible influence on on science fiction films, on horror films, um, on on just effects work, in camera effect work. Yeah. Um and there have actually been a couple of remakes. One of which was a porn film, and one which was um, a new wave 1980s, 1990s um, fever dream. I've seen it. <laughs> um, and But the thing is, is that somebody sat there and went, okay, I can do this in this sort of mtv space with neon and 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 tell this kind of story and they tried and i don't think it worked but now many points out in most countries you've got life plus 70 years summer life plus 60 summer life plus 50 and and that brings up even more complication to the idea of copyright because copyright as we're talking about it 
the things that have lapsed into the public domain, have lapsed into the public domain in the United States. Right. It's not necessarily around the world because copyright law is different in, say, the U.K. or in Canada or Germany or France or Spain mm -hmm. or Russia or wherever, as it is here in the United States. So you have that consideration to factor into that thing as well. Which complicates things immensely when you're looking at um, something like, say, Netflix, which doesn't just have a U.S. presence. Yeah. It has, you know, there's <laughs> Netflix U.K. Now, in in because of the way that you can sort of, you know, firewall these things, and yes, you can you do the VPN thing, but you know the UK's version of Netflix and the US's version of Netflix are in fact different. Mm -hmm. So you can you have some control there uh, if you're trying to you know deal with the copyright from one country to another. But it it complicates things because yeah you can you know Sherlock Holmes is now in the public domain in the US. Is it in the UK? I'm not sure. That's the question, isn't it? So, but I, I, it's it make it makes for again in the hands of the right storyteller some really neat opportunities. It also makes a chance for some misbegotten um, as, as nightmare long, fuel. As uh, long as thing. we don't get the live action Akira, I'll be fine. The really only way, okay. Happen. I don't okay. want Here's, that to happen at all. Here is my pitch for the live action Akira. It is a six-episode series created in Japan with all with with HBO level, well, old HBO um, <laughs> level uh, budgeting, right? Give it a Westworld budget, give it a six-episode series, but it's Japanese in-house. Like a West, again, Westworld season one budget or a Westworld season five budget? Oh wait. Hey, see, go with the season four budget, and they do just fine. Wow. Uh, that's plenty of money, thanks. Uh, but I mean, we've talked about this before, folks. If you've never heard us talk about this, you know, Akira is one of the defining graphic novels of of the age, and uh, there has long been a threatened American adaptation of Akira. And folks, there is there are stories you can tell in that space, and make them set in America. But the, one of the reasons Akira has the impact that it does is because it was written by Japanese, illustrated by Japanese people, and it touches part of the the only experience, the experience only the country of Japan has gone through, yeah. which has been bombed by two atomic bombs. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why you have, because you have the success of Godzilla, you have the success of Akira, and both of them succeed because of that resonant factor that nobody else has, no other film has, no other country has, because of the because of that unique experience that Japan has with well, the, the devastation of a nuclear bomb. And they got lucky because the people who told those stories, the first Godzilla, you know, Akira, these were told because because it's very easy to tell that kind of story. I mean, the, the, neither of those are unique stories. Right. You know, the concepts are not unique, but but we were lucky enough to get storytellers 
who were able to tap into that cultural experience and um, plug for foreign bodies, which are coming back tail end of the month. Um, one of the great things about doing a show like that is that we get to look at films from all around the world, often which only are able to tell that story because of the history or the myths or the culture of that particular country, because it's that lived experience that those, that group of people have, yeah. whether it's, you know, wherever they're, they're from, which enables them to tell a specific kind of story that might be very ordinary in terms of, oh, it's a ghost story. Every country has one of those. Yeah. But does your ghost do this? Because, you know, the ghosts of Malaysia only do this, or the ghosts in Nairobi only do, you know, that right. kind of thing, you know? So we were really, really lucky to get those two incredibly powerful stories uh, crafted so well um, um, out of something as, as, you know, devastating as, as nuclear bombs. So, uh, yeah, an American version, guys, I look, the American film industry has put out a lot of great movies. Um, but... Let let somebody who, who can live the material the right way do it. Well, and I I, I, we don't need it. We don't need a we don't need a live action Akira unless yeah. the Japanese made it. We don't need a whitewashed Akira. We don't need an Akira that takes place in some neo York. You know, if yeah. you're going to do it, it's yeah. got to be in Tokyo. It's got to be in Japan. It's got to be made by the Japanese, and it has to feature Japanese characters. That's the only way that it works. It, lo it, it would lose the things that make that story have its resonance and make it have its power. I mean, and again, you can tell the kind of story that Akira is somewhere else. It just won't be Akira, and that's fine. Yeah. Go tell a different story. Use the same premise. It wouldn't be the first or the last time. But that particular story, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's some, some stories are like that. No. Well, and Robert says the sad third parties can't sue to protect the defilement of copyright. Can you imagine the legal headaches that would be involved if if half of us could sue the other half to not tell stories? I mean, can, well, here's the I thing. Mean, come on. You can. You're going to lose. Yeah. But you can sue them. There's a whole lot of people who who <laughs> have decided to sue people for various reasons and and discovered that while you can do a thing, perhaps you should not do a thing. Yeah. Or unless you want to throw money down a drain, it depends what your goals are. Personally, <laughs> I try and stay out of court. Period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. SB says uh, I agree. The live action Star Blaze. Oh wait a minute. Hold on. Why did that that cut off? Hold on. I gotta make right, I gotta make an it. adjustment here. I gotta make an adjustment here. There we go. The live action Star Blazers movie is quintessentially how you do live action. The live action Evangelion, Evangelion that was being worked on here in the early two thousands would have been a complete and utter mess. See, if you're gonna do giant fighting robots. You do it like the first. Um, oh no, now it's just gone completely out of my brain. Uh, the Guillermo del Toro giant ro fighting robot movie. Oh, the um, um, yeah, that one Pacific Rim. Thank you, Pacific Rim. Yeah, or or robot jocks. 
You know, if you go so do robot jocks. Um, you know, Albert Albert Pym died, and I remembered some of those films are not great, but I rented them. Yeah, back in the day, you know, back when back when you went, when you prowled prowled the aisles of the video store looking for something based on the cover art. What we ought to do is, um, if if we can manage it somehow, and I'm not sure how we do this, because uh, it couldn't be any kind of a watch party or anything, unless Robot Jocks is available in the Amazon Prime library. I mean, we could always look. Yeah. I don't think it is. But we we could do, uh, as and one of the things I talked about on, on Live from the Bunker today is the fact that we're going to start doing uh, publishing over on the .com more long-form essays and think pieces, uh, very much like the D&D article we posted uh, uh, Sunday from our new contributor correspondent, Kay. It's 9,000 words. And, you know, the Internet has this thing called infinite scroll. And you right. can just keep going, just read the thing. It doesn't have to be just, you know, 200 words and you're done. So right. we're going to do some longer essays throughout the year and see see if we gain any traction with that. But you could do a piece, and I might I might take this on myself, uh, you know, in my spare time. <laughs> um, but to do a piece on the uh, the the different films of the '80s, things like Robot Jocks and Krull and Lady Hawk and. Um, Oh, what were some of the other ones? Um, Enemy Mine, Legend, Legend Enemy Mine. Yeah, yeah. The Last Starfighter, um, uh, Keep, uh, oh, uh, Ice, a Ice Pirates, Ice Pirates, um, <laughs> Mega Force. You know those kind of those kind of things, and find find those those films and the TV shows and the books. I mean, you could go back to the mid list and a lot of these books. Um, to do that kind of thing and and talk about what made them work, what made them didn't work, and you know, sure. the, and and there's this time period, the '80s and the early '90s, that I don't think you're going to get ever again in terms of what kind of films we get to make. Uh, <clears throat> see, I don't know, and um. That's a that's a topic we should dive into on a, on a show of its own. We because we have gotten nowhere near what we were supposed to talk about yet today. Um, because it was almost the wild west because of the explosion of video, mm -hmm. and potentially with the explosion of streaming. Even though streaming is doing its contraction thing, it's coming to find an equilibrium. Because um, that's how this it's an industry. It's how it works. Um, they're still going to want content. There's still a place for that. I'm wondering, though, if the audience, again, we come into that, we've talked about this before, that right place, right time. Yeah. You know, that right, and, and I think that, that when we were teenagers at that time period, so this was the right period for that explosion because we were right there at that time. Well, and I and think... So the, the audience, the audience, this, this giant audience who had been primed with Star Wars... Yeah. Uh, and and you know, Alien and Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan and and all this stuff 
And then to have this explosion of low budget genre stuff, to some degree, it was and and the the availability of video. We were almost like the only people who could have that. Well, and I've you know we've talked about <laughs> like that. Excuse me, I still can't get rid of this. We've talked about uh, on a, on a number of occasions the fact that we need to be making you know we the studios need to be making the twenty million dollar film, the fifty million dollar film. Not everything has to be the blockbuster tentpole, two hundred fifty million dollar blockbuster thing. You know, epic well, thing that you had to make two million, two billion dollars in order to break even. I mean, well, I mean, I think what's interesting is that you know, and again, this has always almost always been the case, but horror is doing that. I mean, um, you've got the David Harbor uh, Violent Night. Mm-hmm. You know, Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, well, it's Die Hard at Christmas because you know, Die Hard at Christmas, and uh, it was <laughs> it actually is. It is, and it's it's very fun, folks. If you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's a twenty million twenty million dollar movie. Yeah, and it's made over three times its budget. See, and I say if you if you get twenty million dollars and a really good script, and that's a key piece, mm, then you take you take two million of it and you hire Michael Caine for two days, and say, <laughs> Mr. Caine, Sir Michael, would you would you like to play this small part? We'll pay you two two million dollars. We'll help you buy your 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 next house. Careful, that's how we get on deadly ground, <laughs> and that was not. A good movie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I, it boggles my mind that there was a time that people thought Steven Seagal was worth watching. You know, How did that happen? You know, some of his early stuff is not bad. But, Under Siege is a decent movie. It's a fun But the flick. best thing about Under Siege is the bad guy. Well, the, yes. I mean, you got Tommy Lee Jones in there, of course. Of course, you got Erica Aliniak. Right. Uh, but you could have put, any, you put any movie any action star in that part and that movie would have worked he was the he was the least interesting part yeah. of that film death angel says the the actual cocaine bear pablo escobar found about 50 miles from uh, where he's at stuffed and bought by waylon jennings and displayed sure. in a mall in lexington kentucky you know, I drove through Lukenbach, Texas one time. <sighs> Two-lane highway in West Texas, right? Mm-hmm. You're going through Lukenbach. You get a sign that says, Welcome to Lukenbach. On one side of the highway, two-lane highway, dirt everywhere, right? Because, you know, you're out in West Texas. Two-lane highway on one side... There is a, a building. It's an old T-shirt shop type of affair, you know, general store type of thing. Mm. And in there is a sign that says, closed, moved across the street. And there's another building over here. And there's the general store. And once you get past those two buildings, there's another sign. It says, thanks for visiting Lukenbach. <laughs> and that's all it is now that was in 1980 i don't think looking box gotten any bigger but <laughs> maybe i don't i don't have any plans to go back to see now if they oh, do no, it, now, now you have to go you know what would be fun luke and bach comic-con that's actually but the thing is that's actually a horror film plot right Let's go to the uh 
This, yeah, well, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go out in the middle of nowhere. We're going to come up with this this festival, and you've got all the, all sorts of people in costumes running around. How do you know who the killer is? Bum, 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 bum. Well, that's essentially the plot of the new Scream movie, Scream movie, which yeah. is, of course, set in New York at Halloween. Halloween. So, I mean, you know, it's... And... You know, since we are talking predictions, I'm going to predict screen, the new Scream film is going to do okay. It's going to be fine. I I think it's going to be doing... I think Scream is going to perform better than expected, unlike Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones is going to underperform. I think it's not going to make the bank that the Walt Disney Company is counting on. If even half the rumors are true, it's going to be a disaster. And with John John Williams coming out saying that there any of these rumors, because most well, see, there are a lot of folks who have who have fans of these or who are fans of the folks who sit there, and I've heard from this insider. But you know what? A lot of those folks have been saying I've heard from this insider about things that never happen, and it's vaporware, and it's so I don't I don't pay attention to them at all. I don't care what these other people are saying about the movie. I'm going to go watch it and decide what I whether I like it or not. Well, sure, everybody. I'm not going to build any preconceived that. notions from any of these folks who said, "Oh, I heard about this, this, whatever it is," you know. But the I thing, like, you know, but the thing is, I mean, you look at the you look at the trailer, and the trailer does seem to confirm a few of the rumors, not all of them, but a few. The trailer doesn't confirm and any of the rumors when, that I've seen. It's a trailer. It's when, not even a particularly great trailer. When John it's not Williams, a bad trailer yeah, but when John Williams is at a concert in 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 Italy, and he says, "Not not two months ago, or no, not even that. It was last month." Where he says, we're shooting a new ending and I have to record some new stuff. And everyone's like, wait, what? This thing's supposed to be done. And, you know, James Mangold's up there on, on Twitter going, no, we're not shooting a new ending. Okay, so who's lying? John Williams, the maestro? Are you still Or John this? Williams, or, or, and I don't know. I don't know. I also, again, I don't care. I'm going to wait and see the movie. I'm not going to build up a perception of the thing based on, because I, I know this is going to come as shock, folks. You can't always believe what you hear on the internet. Yes, that's a direct quote from Abraham Lincoln. And it does. And, and also, in in fairness to the folks who've been who've got you know insider knowledge and or or think they do, because sometimes people are taking advantage of that. By the way, I would welcome insiders to communicate with us and share sure. information with us. So I mean, I. just saying, just throwing that out in the universe. But the thing is, is that you know, look. We are, we have, you and I have both sat and watched the, uh, the little Star Trek movie called Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh-huh. which we know for a fact was how, how, when, when were they finished with that picture? They, uh, uh, when did, when did the DVDs come out? No, wait, when did the 4K, when did the 4K restoration come out? Last uh, year? Yeah, so it came out last year. Last year. Um, so that's when it was. But when done. did it, when it came into theaters, it wasn't done the, when it hit theaters. Right. The film was basically wet. Yeah. Okay. So that's an extreme example. But the, look, a lot of movies go back to shoot this thing or that thing at the end. And sometimes it can be serious. It can be a real serious issue. And sometimes it's nothing. Or it's not. It's just, look, it's a technical thing. This angle sucked. 
We can't fix it with CGI. Well, okay. There's, there's a lot of things that this, can be. Yeah, Again. This, 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 I think, is going to be a little bit beyond just a technical thing. I, but I, here's the thing. <clears throat> Folks, we got three very entertaining Indiana Jones films. But remember, the second one came out. And people were like, oh, this isn't anywhere near as good as the first one. It's not. This is too dark. This is too yeah. cynical. But in retrospect, a lot of people enjoy the film. Some people don't. Some people do. It's how it works. The third film comes out. It's like, okay, great. And you know what? Those three films, the first film and the third film, are still there whether or not you acknowledge the existence of the fourth film. And we get a fifth film. Look, folks, I'm a fan as big as any of you, but 2023 is another year I sit there and go, we have to take a breath. None of this is life and death. They're movies. They're movies and they're comics and they're books and they're records and they're... I love this stuff, guys. But people get so worked up over things that... It, the new Indiana Jones film comes out. It's not good. When you get up the next day, how has your life changed? <laughs> now, okay. As... As highfalutin and as as great as all of that sounds, you know you know that human beings don't. Oh, I didn't don't say that anyone was going to listen to me. <laughs> you are definitely in the minority when it comes to this kind of stuff. And well, and and, and I gotta too, say, I'm and I gotta old, say, guys, there's, I'm there's 52. A little... I'm I'm too old to sit there and get worked up about this stuff. Well, and I agree. There, there's you know, so some, much some great of this stuff, stuff out there. Some of this stuff, it's not worth getting up and getting worked up about. It's not you not not worth any of that. But there's other there's other sense of occasionally. When when you start talking about oh this is nothing you know it's a thing, it really does feel like you're doing the pat on the head go sit in the corner type of thing. And I know you're not doing that, but uh, and well, I mean, I guess for some of these folks, I kind of am. Um, and I'm not going to name names. It's again, if you if you whoever you like to pay attention to for this stuff, that's fine. Whatever. I've watched enough of them to sit there and go, okay, you've got a lovely headline there, and. Uh, you know, and you know, here take your thirty-minute or hour-long video talking about whatever. Fine, enjoy. Um, not for me. Um, <laughs> that stuff just bores me. But that's one movie, and we'll see. I personally, I would like it to be good because I'm an Indiana Jones fan. Um, I have. Um, it would be nice to have another good Indiana Jones film. If I don't have one. Okay, that's fine too. I want it to be I good. Own, I own the first and the third one. No. I'm fine. I want it to be good. I don't expect that it's going to be as good as the first three, of course. Well, um, I, think that's, and, I think that's another expectation we think we need to we need to set for ourselves, guys. Is lightning in a bottle? I mean, look, getting getting two good movies out of the same characters no. is not that common. Three. Four? Five? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, you know, for, yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, you know, there is something to be said for keeping expectations low. And I got to say, when I went into, when I saw, oh, what was the movie that I saw just here not too long ago that I thought was, was better than I expected it to be? Um, I can't remember now. I have no idea. What was it about? Um, I don't know. 
It obviously wasn't. Clearly that made an impression. Clear. Yes, made an impression. No, there was something. Oh, what was it? Um, I don't know. I may have to ask Mrs. Boss. We we sat and watched something, and it was better than I expected it to be because my expectations were really, really, really low. May may have well, been. Doc, was it Doctor Strange too? I don't remember. Oh well, see Doctor Strange. See multiple. It's okay. All right. So. Marvel's another one. It's like everyone's like, oh, phase four, blah. I'm like, okay, guys. Come, children, let me tell you of the old times. Let me tell you of superhero well, okay. movies in the hang 80s. Hang on, hang on, let me hang tell on. You... Because, on. no, hang on. Because, no, I, I, I know where you're going. With, because it's different now because, and, and the internet, for good or ill, gives us the access that we probably should not have to the people making this stuff. And in the 80s, if we had had the access to filmmakers that we have now, you probably probably would have had the same kind of drama. But what what oh, drives sure. what drives a lot of the angst for a lot of people, not everybody, is the clap back that we get from the directors and the actors and the writers and the oh you're stupid and we're going to call you names and it's not for you if you don't like my politics, well, don't buy my books and all of that. I'm a paying customer. Harrison Ford has it right. I'm a paying customer, and my money fuels your movie that you make next. And it's yes not and no. a good idea to insult yes no. half of your audience, half of your potential market, what, whatever is, that, is that is, whether you're left or right, conservative, liberal, whatever. You yeah, know. But the thing is, is they're not, because, because the vast majority of folks who are going to these movies are not paying attention to any of this stuff. The vast majority of folks who went to go to to the Marvel movies or the Star Wars movies are not perpetually online. They're not following this stuff. And I think that it's it's we have okay, we got an example of this recently with uh, uh Henry Cavill. Yes. You know, not yeah. being not doing Superman next Superman film. And there are folks who are upset about this and there are folks who are not. You and I have more than once made it very clear we have problems with those movies. Yes, the Snyderverse has has okay. problems. If you, yeah, and if you folks are fans of, of Snyder's films, that's fine. That's great. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Frankly, I have real issues with those movies. Snyder can tell some very interesting stories. He's a great visualist. He's got he does visuals so I mean, yes, they're very cool looking movies. Story wise, he's got some issues. Mm -hmm. Some of them are big. And, and yes, I, Henry Cavill, I had no problem with him as Superman. I thought he looks the part. When he was given stuff, when he was getting given the right writing, he could play the part. But he's not the end-all and be-all. There's other people who have... There's been I think, other people who have played Superman before, and yeah. there will be again. Well, I think the thing with Cavill is that a lot of people are upset that he doesn't actually get a chance now to play Superman. Yeah, but the thing is, is that... Neither he nor the audience is owed that. That's not how the industry works, and it's never has been. No, I know. As much as we might want it to be, as much as it's a shame, and yes, I would I like to see Henry Cavill have the ability to play Superman in a movie where he wasn't grimdark? <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could be okay with that. But I also, he's, he's a he can be a good Superman, but he's like one of 
how many Superman in the last 10 years? TV, movies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, okay, yes, it sucks, but you know what? Eh, okay. I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do next. I think people are upset with how the studio handled it more than anything else. Because oh, well, that's they cause, said, that's cause... yeah, you can tell people you're going to back as Superman. Oh, no, sorry. Well, that sounds like <clears throat> I thought Shazam was fine for a movie that could have been made 10 years ago. Yeah, you're talking about Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I quite enjoyed Shazam. But, um, and I didn't hate Black Adam. Black Adam... If Black Adam had come out at the same time as Iron, the first Iron Man had come out, mm -hmm. it would have done a lot better. I think so. But the fact is, we've moved on from this particular kind of story, and it had enough of I, the I, things that were wrong with the Snyder films baked into this. I think the other part of it that that you have with DC is that there's there's not been for the last 10 years there's not been any kind of a cohesive plan where right. i mean you you had you sit there and say yeah we had the snyderverse well the snyderverse was a mess and everything that happened with that nobody knows exactly what's going on and was i'm right. i'm curious to see what peter safran and james gunn are going to put together what michael deluca and pam abney are going to do all all of the people that are now in charge of dc maybe right. they have a plan and the thing is, guys, it may not work. And they may have they may put together this plan and the superhero bubble finally bursts. I think the Marvel the I think the Marvel take. bubble is about to burst. I think I think Marvel I is think on the decline. So. I don't think I don't think that the films that are coming out this year to get back to our predictions. I don't think you know, Quantum Mania is well, I, I don't expect Quantum Mania to do very well anyway because none of the Ant-Man films have been the major epic blockbuster billion dollar babies. And you know, I've enjoyed them all. I would, I would, yeah, I could, the I would enjoy both of them. Yeah, I'm, looking, they're I'm fun. actually looking forward to it because I think it looks interesting. But it's, it's not going to make a lot of money. Well, potentially not. I mean, I'm looking forward to Marvels. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to all the stuff that's coming out from from Marvel. I'm curious I'm more curious about what's happening with the stuff that's coming out for DC because there is well again, most moviegoers are not paying attention to the drama of any of this. They're just going, "Ooh, I want to see this movie or I don't want to see this movie." Mm -hmm. And so I really want to see the Blue Beetle movie because I know the character. Yeah, I'm curious about. Well, yeah, because it's Jamie Reyes, so it's not. Right, it's yeah. not Ted Cord. Well, but it's also it's also for it's kind of the same way. Um, and I think well, not at the same level. There's been some of the same thing that you got <clears throat> from Wally West becoming the Flash or Kyle Rayner becoming Green Lantern. Right. Um, it's that it's a a a well-handled legacy character, right? And, of course, um, the uh, um, the animated version as well uh, was was done very well. So I'm, I really want to see that. And I'm just, I'm really concerned about the marketing and getting people in to see it because it's one of those characters. It's not Superman. It's not Batman. It's not Wonder Woman. It's a character that that uh, the the majority of the public, who make up a far bigger box office than the comic book fans, guys. That's just the reality. Right. Um, how you know? But again, it also kind of depends on how you're going to market it. 
So if you're marketing it, if it's if it's geared more towards, you know, a younger audience, not necessarily some 52 year old guy, um, I think that's probably best. To be honest, it should be it should because because if it's successful, then you've got a, you know, maybe you've got a franchise of those films, that yeah. particular character, and you want that audience to grow up with it, right? Yeah. You want to 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 have them around a little bit longer. So I'm curious about that because I, I, I really want it to. I've heard good, the what the early the early rumor mill is that it's good. Well, and I expect that it's going to be a fun film. Uh, I I think though that the the Phase Four stuff uh, has been less than stellar in terms. Of, I mean, you compare it to Phase One through Three with you know the culmination of you know. The, yeah, the big, I, you know, I, a, a, the, I, the big, that stuff. But I think, you know, Infinity War and everything else, <clears throat> it's it's disappointing because you have stories that are a little bit thinner. You have characters that are not, you know, the audience isn't fully invested in these characters the way they were with the first set. And, you know, for good or ill, how for whatever reason... And, you know, it's just one of those things that you sit there and go, well, it was okay. You know, the only really good, solid film that's come out of this phase has been Spider-Man. And that was a Sony picture, not a Marvel picture. Well, it's Sony and Marvel. It's Sony. Well. For the most part. And and, and it lives in its own universe. Sony's putting out a Kraven the Hunter movie, and I'm like... Did Morbius teach us nothing? <laughs> right. Uh, Mrs. Mean, Mrs. Flew dropping in to say hi. Matt Vader in the chat. Uh, good to see both of you. Uh, welcome. See, and this is the other thing with being on Tuesday night. We're we're not in competition with a number of other shows that are on Monday night. So, uh-huh, you, you know. Tell your friend. Um, so, sticking with, sticking with the comic books for a minute. Um, the new Shazam film is coming out. I'm looking forward to it because I enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, this is more, this is, if you, if you've not seen the first film or aren't aware and seen it and, and don't know, um, it's got a lot, a lot of the DNA of the new 52 story, yeah. uh, the comic version baked into the story. So that, but I think they handled it pretty well in the first one and the cast is good. I mean, it's a solid cast. Um, Zach Levy, of course, playing our adult, um, Billy in this, the the, the grown-up version of Shazam, See, Captain Marvel. I'm still waiting um, for Captain Marvel to show up in that movie. Well, and yeah, we'll 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 see what the second one brings. But I'm as as Helen, much, Mir- like, as Helen much, Mirren is the bad guy, is one of the bad guys. I am on board. Have you watched 1923? Have you I seen have that yet? yet? I've seen the first episode. It's good. Um, the, the thing is, with with New 52, as much as I respect Jeff Johns as a writer, and as much as I like a lot of what he's done, his take on Captain Marvel was so completely bogus, to use a, to use a term from the 80s, because, and here's why, the wisdom of Solomon, you mm-hmm. don't turn into Captain Marvel and stay a kid. Because you have sitting right there, the wisdom of Solomon is one of the pillars of what makes Captain Marvel the superhero, right? I agree, yeah. And there's, you don't, it's not Billy. Right. 
they've been they've been uh, if you're if you're a fan of the if you need grim dark in your life, um, DC's been running a uh, vampires DC versus vampires series for a while now, and mm-hmm. a couple of different branches down the storyline. Um, you talking about the Dark Crisis? Basically, huh? Was that Dark Crisis? Or was no, this is a separate thing. This is a this is a separate thing. Or basically, what if, what if Nightwing was attacked by vampires and then started turned evil and started uh, because he's Nightwing. Everybody loves Nightwing, um, and so they let him get close. and And the thing is, is that sometimes it's pretty good. There's been a few issues that hasn't been, mm. but um, they how they deal with characters like Mary Marvel and uh supergirl and superman and how these characters deal with either becoming vampires or fighting their friends um some of that stuff's been written really well mary marvel's been written really well in there um but yeah i mean it's a grim dark series though it's like it's like uh you know dc versus zombies or or marvel versus zombies when they go into that it's like how many of your favorite heroes can they kill off yeah um you know but anyway Anyway, um, Dave's got a question. He says, speaking of vampires, I wonder if the Blade reboot will happen this year. I predict it'll be delayed. It'll be 2024. And the reason for that is because the script hasn't been written. The new script hasn't been written yet. Or or qualifier. We haven't heard that the new script. is. We heard that it was going to be written. And that can take a little bit of time. Yeah. And sometimes that's for the best. Um, The other superhero film from the folks over at DC is Aquaman. And considering how now the first one was big and dumb and I was entertained. I remember it was it was Free Guy. Oh yeah, Free Guy was I fun. enjoy Free Guy. I enjoy Free Guy and I, I didn't expect I didn't expect a lot from that. And you know what? Sometimes going to this stuff and not expecting a lot and allowing yourself to be entertained as opposed to <laughs> yeah. going and going <sighs> and I know that's hard. I know that's hard. Yeah. But sometimes curse you, Kathleen Kennedy. You know, she's not going out on a bang. She's not going out with a bang. She'll go out with a whimper. That's my prediction. I mean, she's done this year. I and, or is she? She is. I mean, the, according according to everything that we've heard, Indiana Jones was the is the last thing. She wanted to stay to finish that because that's where she started. She started with Indy. And that was you the know first what? thing she did. Maybe that'll be the case, but again, not we'll with a see. bang, but with a whimper. I, uh, quite frankly, the whole Kathleen Kennedy is, yeah, it's like guys. Anyway, anyway, that's a whole different show. But um, there are some stuff. There are some things coming up. We're getting a sequel in the to the book, and this is like we're not been talking about movies and stuff and a lot of other things other than our topic. I know, guys. You're shocked. Um, <laughs> but we are getting a sequel to Lovecraft Country, the the book. Yeah. James Ruff is putting out a sequel. Um, and I'm actually quite excited about that. Um, I really enjoyed the novel. I enjoyed the series a lot. I thought it was beautifully done. I didn't... The ending... The ending of the book was stronger for me. Welcome to the adaptation world, right? <laughs> um, but 
I'm, I'm it's, it's a novel I'm really looking forward to because yeah. of the and, and of course, you know, the hope that it's going to be as good, if not better, you know, or at least in the ballpark of the first one. Which, you know, some authors can do. Some authors can give you a sequel yeah. that has the same kind of um, impact as the original. But, you know, along still. those lines, I will make a prediction uh, with regard to another sequel. For 2023, Winds of Winters will still not be done. Oh, I, I think George R. R. Martin I, is never going to finish that book. Probably not. Well, his his estate. His we'll come estate, back to copyright. His estate um, will hire Bra uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson to finish the book. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So, ex the Exorcist sequel is coming out in this year. Mm-hmm. And I've got mixed feelings in talking about, you know, but but some of that comes out of the mixed feelings come out of the fact that we have seen some really interesting picking up the these these horror franchises that have been sort of stagnant or bad yeah. or just ignored for a while. I mean, you know, DaCosta does Candyman, and it's excellent. Um, I really liked the new Hellra Hellraiser. Uh, and um, the first of the th three Halloween films, I think, was really strong. And then the second and the third opinions, opinions vary. Um, <laughs> the third one was a different movie. Um, and so it's the same guys who did that. So I'm like, mm. but we've seen we've seen folks come in and take these these horror franchises and then give them new life. And so I'm kind of excited. And I'm also like, but it's, it's the Exorcist guys. Yeah. On the other hand, Exorcist 2 has been out for a really long time. Talk about, you know, talk about films are disappointments. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think uh, it's 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 funny. Dave makes a joke here. Shocker of twenty twenty three. Goofy tells all about what's happening behind the scenes at Disney. I I can see a scenario where Disney stock drops to about seventy five dollars a share, and I can see a scenario where at some point Bob Chapek comes out and says, "Let me tell you." Let me tell you what really happened, because that's the I would you know what if I could if I could get if I could get Bob Chapek on live from the bunker to talk about what really happened. He's probably I'm, under such an ironclad NDA on that stuff. It's not even oh, funny. We won't so. know. We won't know what actually happened until 75 years after everybody's dead. Could be. I mean, I'm I am. Not particularly concerned for Disney. I think this. I I think this FTX thing is going to be a bigger deal than anybody realizes, and Disney's right in the middle of it because uh, Kevin O'Leary, you know, Mister Wonderful over on Shark Tank, he he let the cat out of the bag a while back on MSNBC or CNBC or wherever it was he was, uh, spilling that not only was he a major investor in FTX. But he spilled that Bob Iger was a major investor. And we know from various different reports, Disney was invested in this this crypto thing called Polygon. 
and Polygon was heavily tied to FTX. So I, I, I could see a scenario where Disney is vulnerable because of the FTX collapse. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, and we'll see what happens. But you're just a the... contrarian. No, look. I mean, for all the fact that uh, look, so much involved, and this is another crypto conversation, but so much of this stuff isn't even money. No, I know, I know. And so, and it's but not so even... many people put money into this thing that's not money, and now the question is, where did all the money go? Well, the money, uh, yeah. Well, because money, Kevin O'Leary, went to, Kevin O'Leary went, is talking about went with Ponzi schemes yes, and cons. But Kevin O'Leary is, what is all of this is talking about how he had a conversation with Sam McMafrey, and he says, "Sam, where's my money? Where did the money go?" And he's actually going to start looking into it. And and I think people need to be arrested, and I think people need to go to jail for this stuff. Well, the well, the it's one guy happen. who couldn't keep his mouth shut definitely has been arrested, folks. Yeah, but there's a thing called this thing called shut the f. Nothing's going to happen. Shut to the him. f up Friday, okay? Nope. And this is why: should you find yourself in a situation where you require a lawyer, may, the, the <laughs> premise here is: be quiet, yeah. don't talk. Let your lawyer do the talking for you. I, and if you happen to be involved with millions and millions and millions of dollars of other people's money going missing, shut up. Yeah, I predict, and this is this is going to be my this is going to be my last prediction for the night. I predict I predict Sam Bankman-Fried is not long for this earth. I have a oh, feeling I, I have a feeling he'll be arkansided sometime in the next 6 months. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's going to go to prison and he's just going to sit there and rot. Nope. For however long he gets. Nope. Mm, yep. De I'm, I'm, dead gonna, by June. I'm going to disagree with your prediction and I'm going to that's my own prediction. He said yep. he's just going to go to jail. Dead by June. Because he's an idiot. And that's another reason he's not going to not going to like that's going to happen because he's an idiot. Yeah, he's not he's not some clever guy. He's a dummy who got you lucky. Which, folks, oh, dummies you, get lucky oh, a lot. You 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 charming you charming man. <clears throat> All right, Death Angel shout. How do we think the D and D movie is going to do? Third times a charm. Ms predicts it'll do Raylor close to hundred million. Looks like fun. It does, and you know why? It's because it looks like the animated show. It looks like they took the animated characters and they say, you know what, let's do a little tweak on it. Let's file off the serial numbers, and boom, here's a movie. And you know what? I also think, and again, I just don't know, but you get the impression that the people who made it might actually like D&D. Funny how that works, right? Somebody should call the Witcher team and say, hey... It helps if you like the source material that you're writing the series about. That's another one because there's so many different conflicting stories about, you know, we love the thing. They don't love the thing. We love the thing. And Bo DeMaio, Bo DeMaio came out when they were talking about, you know, when he was talking about putting together the writer's room for X-Men 97, the new animated series, which is coming out uh, this year. And I think it's going to do really, really well. Maybe. Fingers hopefully. Crossed. Fingers crossed. But Bo DeMaio sat there and said that one of the requirements that he has for his writer's room on that show is that everybody on the writing staff has to be a fan of the original series because they're sure. picking up right where the other one left off. Right, yeah. And he's, he says, this is, this is the main priority, unlike over on The Witcher. And he worked on The Witcher, and he's sitting there, you know, 
direct saying, I was there, I was in the room. And a lot of the writers have disdain for the source material. They've never played the video game. They haven't read the books or whatever, you know, making and fun of all that. I was like, that's not the writer's room that you want to put together if you want to hit. I wouldn't, but... Because at the end of the day, there are fans of this stuff, mm -hmm. and they'll figure it out if you don't like what it is that you're making, Alex Kurtzman. You, you would think so. You would think so. Now, that's the other one. Uh, I, I said I was going to make So, so <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett has come out now and said he has seen season three of Picard three times now. And he's he is loving every minute of it. Now, now Robert Meyer Burnett has been one of these people that has hated on everything that Alex Kurtzman has done since Secret Hideout took over the Star Trek stuff. And he says Terry Metalis is the guy who will save Star Trek, which is a very bold statement for him to make. And he's saying, you know, because he and Doomcock have been going back and forth on Twitter about the whole thing. And he said, just give it the first 40 minutes of the first episode. And you'll get it. I mean, he's that confident that everybody who has hated on Star Trek since Kurtzman took it is going to love this season. And you're going to know it in that first 40 minutes of the first episode. And I, I, on one hand, I hope he's right. On the other hand, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, again, hope for the best, plan for the worst. hated on Star Trek, even, with, I mean, there's stuff I've liked and stuff I haven't liked. And... Again, we come back to the fact, things I cannot get myself worked up about, either I like it or I don't. Yeah. And there's been enough of the of the newer, I, I like lower decks. Uh, I stuck with Discovery. I know a lot of people didn't. I thought the most recent season was very entertaining. Pacing-wise, they got to learn how to pace these shows. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, Strange New Worlds. Really enjoyed it. I it's did an fun. Excellent job with it. But see, the 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 limitation with Strange New Worlds, and I was reading an article about this the other day. I want to say it was it was it wasn't Screen Rant. Where was it? Com comic book, comic book resources. Maybe <laughs> it was an opinion piece, basically saying Strange New Worlds doesn't have any place to go because it's a prequel. We know how it's going to end. We know where all of these characters end up, or at least the major ones. So it's not like it has a lot of room, whereas after, after Picard, you've got all of this wide open space that you don't have anything, any stories that have been told. So you could go anywhere with it. Right. But the, 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 and, and I think that Strange New Worlds is an interesting example of something that we've talked about before, which is why are you making a prequel? Because you've got no place to go. Yeah. And but what's interesting about Strange New Worlds is that they know that they're not there's not they're, they're, they don't have any illusions that they're going to be able to sit there and go we're going to make 10 years they well, can't they've already built in the time frame for the show they know it's got an expiration date which i have to wonder if that was part of the plan because pike i would think so pike shows up in discovery and he's a hit and people mm -hmm. love love the character even if they hate discovery and there are a lot of people that hate Discovery, but they loved Pike. Yeah. You know, Anson Miles does a really good job as Pike. So it's like, oh, hey, let's do a Pike show. I don't if I want to I want to say that that I want to say that uh, Akiva Goldsman, when he got hired to do this show or when he pitched the show, it was not originally going to be Strange New World's a Pike show. 
and that was a pivot. And mm. and then you have, I mean, there's still the Starfleet Academy idea that's still out there that Kurtzman wants to do, which I think is a dumb idea. But the Pike show has the potential to sit there and say, okay, you hated Discovery. Come and watch this one. This one is the fuzzy blanket that you grew up with. It's going to be okay. We can do Star Trek like you expect Star Trek to be. And now you've got Terry Metalis in charge of Picard Season 3. And Matt, Matt's sitting there saying that Robert isn't the only one who's seen it and loves it. I, I, would, I would love to get some screeners. I might reach out to my contact at Paramount and say, hey, when do we get screeners? When, when are screeners going to be available for this thing? Because I want to see it. So do I. And the thing is, is that, I don't know, maybe, maybe Enterprise and Voyager, which are my two least favorite Star Trek shows, Voyager because of the missed potential. Mm-hmm. Enterprise because of the missed potential. Yeah. Uh, and both of them had good episodes and some bad episodes. And But they don't, again, guys, capturing the lightning in a bottle for some of this stuff, the fact that Next Generation was allowed to go beyond one season and get better. Manny, remember, Manny Cotto, first season of Next Generation. Yeah, that was, that was, was bad. bad. Manny Cotto had a plan for season five of Enterprise. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would have made that show even more of a Star Trek show than he was able to do in, in season four. It would have been the nice. chance, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think that and this is this is why I am I am likely to give Star Trek stuff because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna give this stuff longer and I, I call it guys. Yeah, if been, you yeah. don't enjoy something and you wanna stop watching it, it's okay. I've been surprised I, at how much I've enjoyed Prodigy. Prodigy, uh, Prodigy I, is I like the one Prodigy, I have not watched yet. I'm actually looking forward to seeing that and watching that one. But well, Lower Decks I mean, I, Lower Decks is dumb, stupid humor. You know, it's it's Rick and Morty in cosplay. And it's just it's I, I couldn't get I, I I couldn't get past four episodes. But I liked Lower Deck Lower Decks is has a show that turns out they do a lot of character work the more you watch the show. Yeah. And I think that, so if you're, again, as somebody who sat there because it was the only Star Trek we were going to get on TV, <laughs> sat there and watched through the first season of Next Generation, and I'm like, why are they wearing pajamas? And why why is the starship carpeted? And why are there children? All the things, right? Yeah. Um, but we get you give it a chance. And you had to. There was nothing else. It was, you know, um, we don't we don't have to make those. We we can we we can tune away a lot easier now than than we could then. Um, so I completely get if people don't like these shows. Um, I am more likely to give them more breathing room because that's just been my experience with growing up in that era of television. Yep. By the um, way, uh, by the way, just just to mention real quick, Matt Vader, who is in the chat, he is part of the Salty Nerd podcast. I do recommend that you go check them out. They've got a channel over on YouTube, so I'll give them a plug. So. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I'm more likely to give this stuff a chance. I've I thought Discovery is one of those shows which, once they stopped being a prequel, 
and went into the far future, the show got so much more interesting for me. Which is probably what they should have done in the first place. It's really what they should have done. And and here's here's you know for, and I think people would have not hated it as much if they had started. 800 years from 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 when they started honestly i i think that, uh, yeah i think but i think that they it's an example of we've got this idea it's different because it, how they were telling their stories a lot of all you know it, it wasn't the standard star trek kind of model right mm -hmm. and i'm a big fan of people trying to do stuff like that because it, then you get sometimes you get you know um you get deep space nine Right, which is a really good show, but when Deep Space Nine came out, it was like it's on a station, one right. place. Right, what are you talking about? Right, I mean, so, but they tried something different, and the same thing for Discovery, same thing for Lower Decks, same thing for Prodigy, same thing, you know, and Strange New Worlds. Even though it's kind of retro in some respects, it's still trying something different. Um, I mean, come on, think about it. They cast another Spock on discovery and fans were okay with that and they enjoy the character on strange new worlds that's I, I worked think, out pretty well for them i think spock getting recast is easier to take now because it's happened before because we uh, yeah got, i agree you know we but, had zachary quinto in the movies and so now it's kind of like a james bond thing where you can have other people play spock because leonard nimoy was there and he gave it his blessing Right, and the thing is, is that I like this version of Spock better than I like Zachary Quinto's. Not bashing Zachary Quinto. I'm just saying that yeah. I like this take better. Which is, I'm allowed, it's my opinion, you can disagree. I, there but. are, the the biggest problem that I have with this, and I guess, I guess, you know, we're straying, we're straying from our topic a little bit. Again. All over, away <laughs> yeah. from our topic. The biggest, the biggest problem that I have with Strange New Worlds Two well, two two things. Um, what they did with Mabenga's daughter infuriated me, and I just not about a, not its best writing. I no. just about came unglued with that because, as a father who has had a child die, I watched that show and I thought that is the worst father in the galaxy. This is an example of writers coming up with an idea, de realizing, and I'm not going to give details, folks, because there's spoilers no. uh, if you haven't seen it, um, but coming up with an idea for a really, really kind of heartbreaking situation. Yeah. And then realizing once they've done that. Well, they clearly wrote themselves into stuck. a corner. Yeah, they they wrote themselves into a corner. They didn't know how they had to get corner. out of it. And yeah, the no, biggest the biggest thing for me is where's and it was not the biggest thing, but with with this show, I don't like the relationship that Spock has with T'Pring because it's not canon. Because in in the in the original episode when we first met her, he hadn't seen her since he was a kid. There was no relationship with T'Pring. Yeah, and, it, it and we don't have Doctor Boyce. Not. Where's Doctor Boyce? Chapel oh. shouldn't Chapel shouldn't be there because she didn't join Starfleet until later, so she could go find Corby. 
No, you know, there's, there's little, got, there's little inconsistency. They're, they're playing fast and loose in canon. But and that Mabenga episode, just, I mean, I was enraged yeah. when I saw that episode. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, I about, yeah, I it's, about quit the show there. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a bad situation there. Yeah. But I'm, and I, I think it's one of the. I, I hope it is goes down in in the history of the show as its low point. Because yeah. uh, I. <laughs> Because yeah, I, it was very disappointed. Yeah. Um, and yes, Death Angels yeah. is right. We we can have all sorts of discussions about this and other topics over on our Discord. We we do uh, want you right. to uh, join. All right. So um, the Marvel movies are not going to do as well as they have in the past. Indiana Jones is not going to meet meet expectations. I don't think. Um, Avatar is probably going to do better than anybody expects because it's going to have legs. It already has. It, well, but it's still got to make $2 billion according to Cameron in order to make the other movies. Oh, except, except okay, To break okay. even. Except that's not what Cameron said. And he was exaggerating when he actually said the $2 million. What he's talking about is not this film. It's this film and, and the, at uh, least yeah. the sequel because they've already shot a chunk of it. Yeah. So he's not just talking about this movie. I know but, a lot of people want to tie them together, but that's not what he's talking about. And I and I think Hollywood will continue to learn the wrong lessons. They'll look at Top Gun Maverick as an outlier instead of an example to follow. So Depends it's, it's no, going to be. Hit I, I, and miss. I disagree. It's going to be. But hit and I miss also on the box think office. that it is. It is. Oh, come um, on, Hollywood it, always uh, learns the wrong lessons. You and I have talked oh, about this. They always. Oh, I, I don't. Come away I don't disagree. I'm just saying that they're they're not the. Some of them are going to learn that the right lesson because people pay attention to the dollars. And the lessons you learn, there have been enough examples of what got Top Gun got right. And interestingly enough, what Avatar 2 seems to have gotten right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sorry, guys. If you're an Avatar fan, all power to you. Don't know that I want to see it. Well, I don't have any interest in seeing it, but I I will point out because I've 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 talked about this on on Bunker. Given our uh, given our mandate here, our mission statement, sure. and what we do here, because uh, Gary from Nerdrotic, some some people were talking on Twitter with him about you know he he just didn't want to go see it and all this. And then it's like, well, why don't you just skip it? He said, well, then I wouldn't be doing my job very well. And that that mm-hmm. struck a nerve because mm-hmm. if we're going to be doing this stuff, talking about this stuff, co- uh, commenting on it, uh, discussing it, analyzing, reviewing, and all these things, then we owe it to our audience to do the best we can. And that sometimes is going to inclu- include going to see movies and watching TV shows that we may not necessarily be interested in. And going in and looking at them from as with as little preconceived opinion as we can it's hard to do it's hard to do yeah but but at the same time that is kind of what we should be when when you're looking at this content um if you're a fan or not a fan and trust me guys you're going to sleep a hell of a lot better at night um (laughs) if you uh if you just go into it and going what is this what is this thing doing for me right now yeah is it you know am i enjoying it am i not enjoying it why Yeah. You know, try, try. It's 2023. Try and find some happiness in what you, what you, uh, what you watch and read and yeah. and listen to. 
let's try not to be let's try to be a little less angry in 2023 shall we oh how dare you right i will fight you (laughs) (laughs) i will predict that tomorrow we're going to have another oh wait that's not the right one um tomorrow tomorrow is not tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow we're going to have another live from the bunker uh we are going monday through open line friday now and on saturday we will be back with good morning multiverse with uh, uh the all of the headlines for the week and probably some from last week and the week before that and uh so we will be catching the past up is the past. jason move on the past is the past uh death angel says i hear cruz going to the space station to film scenes for his next big movie yes that is true he and uh i think kaczynski is going up uh to shoot in the in the space station once they get done with the mission impossible films he's going to uh he's going into space i don't know if it's gonna be a spacex thing or probably spacex Going up to the International Space Station. That'll be interesting. Example of budget ballooning right there. Right. All right. That's going to do it for us. I will make another prediction. We will be back next Tuesday with another discussion. And likely to be in the chairs. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's the hope. I have to figure out the cameras, and I've got to empty the chairs. So we'll, we'll do that next week. All right, that's it for, for tonight. Join the Discord. Also, uh, we do have memberships active now on both YouTube and Odyssey. Uh, so if you want to throw a, you know, toss a coin to us instead of The Witcher, you can do that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, join us over on Discord, and we will be back to do this again next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 